0: Hello, and welcome to a special episode of the Casual Heroes WrestleCast. We have an interesting experiment that we're going to try here tonight. Uh, I am one of the, not really one of the casual heroes, I'm just a tagger on and add on. Uh, special guest, if you will, my name is Mark Rattledge, the mandated reporter. And joining us tonight are the actual casual heroes. First off uh, is... Man who, as Gavin once said, very good at hating things, not so good at liking things. Mr. Jed, how are you, sir?
1: Hey, man. Um, I like that you called your idea an interesting idea.
0: <laughs> it is an interesting idea. Stolen. It's like we have a people. very
1: interesting, smart idea, well thought out Mine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right. I am I mean, no, uh, I was, nothing. Like time out.
1: Like I, I do think it's a good idea. I do think it's a good idea. But I just, I like that you put your idea over before it even started.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I am. I am nothing. It's not strong of ego. And uh, the good. man who holds it all together, the leader of the casual heroes himself, Mr. Gavin Napier. How are you doing, sir?
1: I don't
2: think you give me far too much credit. I don't know that I've held anything together. In fact, Jed has commented no. strongly about my lack of effort.
1: <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, emails it in. If anybody, if anybody hold, holds it together, it's Chris, and he's the biggest piece of shit out of all of us. Yeah, uh, let's, let's all right. go ahead and make Chris feel
2: more important than he is. What could go wrong in that situation?
1: You know who the most important person That's right now point. is? And me. then I just realized Chris is in here.
0: Yeah, that's like you're really, like, you kill a guy that? when he's not even in the room. So, I my know, crazy I just idea.
1: That, I'm like,
0: huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, I my crazy good. idea, right? I, uh, I went over crazy to you, idea. Gavin last, last week, and I said, hey, Gavin, I got this crazy idea. What if, in preparation for this year's Elimination Chamber, we got in the Wayback Machine, and we watched the original Elimination Chamber match from 2002 and did some live commentary over that. And Gavin, what did you think of that idea?
2: I, after I realized what you meant, because I sent you a message today to just to clarify what the actual plan was. Were we commentating as if we were watching this the first time and auditioning for Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler's <laughs> jobs? Or just as... As we're watching it now and offering thoughts and opinions on something that happened 12 years ago, I would have been up for either one, honestly. I just wanted to know what we were getting into. I think it's a good idea. I think that with the gimmick matches like this, it's something that we can easily revisit from time to time.
0: All right. So what you're going to hear is myself, Jed, and Gavin watching the Elimination Chamber from 2002 in just a few moments. And we're just going to live commentate. We're going to give our thoughts present day. We're not going to act like this is still 2002. Um, but, you know, just, we're just going to react naturally. So we've all got the video queued up. We've all got it on mute so it doesn't play into the microphone. <clears throat> and I'm going to count us off here. Uh, count, uh, we're going to go 3, 2, 1, and we're all going to hit play, and let's get into this. Shall we, gentlemen? You ready? I'm ready. All right. I love the enthusiasm. And three, two, one. Everyone's got this muted, right? Let's do it. Yes. Who yes. will survive the Elimination Chamber? I don't even remember who wins this, to be honest with you. I, this will be like watching this for the no first time for me because... Yeah, I, I, well, let's see. We've got the introductions going right now, and out comes the Millennium Man, Mr. Chris Jericho.
1: Um, so, is it Chris? Yeah, it's Chris I have, Jericho. I have,
2: I, I have absolutely fantastic news for everyone. What's that? I have an ad playing for the next 15 seconds.
0: <laughs> Good. You might want to skip ahead a then when this finally gets going. I will tell you that Chris Jericho yeah, yeah, yeah. at the end... In- in 2002, looks to be the Unified Champion, I'm guessing. That was what the, that was the belt that he was wearing when he walked out. Uh, give me a, a count on where we are as far as seconds. We are at a minute and eight seconds. Chris Jericho is mugging to the crowd. Yeah, Jed, correct me if I'm wrong, okay. but that's the Unified title, isn't it?
1: Well, yeah, I think so, right? But this is where... The- Uh, Maybe a shred of research should have been done by by one of us, but yeah. Oh, my God, Earl (laughs) Hebner. Ew, there's a band playing. Ew,
0: who's the band? I I thought maybe it was Fozzie. (laughs) I'm not sure who it was. Um, Was he doing the Fozzie gimmick
2: 12 years ago?
0: Uh, That's so hard. I don't even remember. No, he was he was doing Fozzy, you know, for a long time. It didn't become like real relevant until later on. Now, you know who that is? That's saliva. Oh Ew. boy! I mean, without even listening to it, I'm fairly We're, certain that's saliva. Yeah, that's saliva. While, uh, while,
2: yeah. While nothing while nothing important is going on, I'm at two fifteen, two sixteen, two seventeen, two eighteen. Am I on track with you guys? You're about three seconds behind. Okay, we can live with that. Yeah, that's fine. 2.27? No. Um, so, <laughs>
0: so, my... Um, I just
1: got to you guys. WWE World in Times Square, oh. so... Did you yeah, guys... Okay, I actually... Did anybody go there?
2: No, I'm, oh, I've never three, two, in Oh, they're doing 1,
1: boom. Oh. Yeah, I, I went there once and uh Oh. I remember I, I dragged my dad there so or... he could buy me. Yeah. Oh, Booker T. Here we go. Here's, here's yeah, a Booker T won't that. take any bumps that matter. Um I got I, I made my dad take me there. I was like nineteen and uh <laughs> the look on my dad's face when he had to pay like nineteen dollars for chicken fingers. <laughs> you know, just because they were <laughs> called mankind chicken
0: fingers. <laughs> They're like, come on, Dad, they're fucking sick. I think it was 2001, maybe 2002, the Royal Rumble. I came home, for. I had just broken up. I was living in Massachusetts. I had just broken up with my girlfriend. Um, I moved from Cape Cod to um, New Bedford. And I went home for the weekend to watch the Royal Rumble. And um, my friend and his girlfriend at the time took me to WWE New York to drown my sorrows in a bottle of whiskey, and I proceeded to vomit from uh, roughly um, 42nd Street all the way to Jamaica Station.
1: Hmm. That's a long, that's a long, that's a long time to vomit.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were breaks. Here there comes, were breaks. I by the way,
1: um, speak speaking of which, here comes Kane. Uh, Yes. God, this was twelve. Kane at this point had been in the WWE for how long, and still had another twelve plus coming.
2: In 2002, he had been Kane for five years, and had been there just in general for seven.
1: It's impressive. It is,
2: and. It's it's odd to see Kane in in the old Kane get up. It's also odd to see Booker
0: T with his little short dreads. Yeah, I don't yeah. I never liked the short dreads uh, look on him.
1: So well, I I like really everyone he,
0: he, he looks his, like what Ron I like, Don
2: Imus would refer to as a nappy-headed hoe.
0: <laughs> oh. I like how everybody in this keeps grabbing the chain above their head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah Literally everyone has Well it is kind of Everyone weird. has walked out so far And grabbed the chain Right above their head It's been hilarious to me this Is it bad I don't think Booker
1: should be in this match Like No offense to Booker I like Booker By the way uh, Shawn Michaels is out With like shoulder length Complete girl hair um, He kind of looks like Ally McBeal um, <laughs> Booker, I don't know why Booker's in this match. Like, you know, it's going to come out. I mean, I know why Vince doesn't think he should be in this match either, but I, I don't understand, like, what can he do in a match like this?
0: Take a bump, take a pin.
1: He can't take a bump, though. I mean, he's never been the big bump guy.
0: Compared to no, Sean I'm Jericho to and Kane? That is one girly ass yeah, right. text. You are absolutely right. And, this, and, I, like and I, I now don't remember who. I I do remember who wins this now, oh, and ugh, t- I rem and I remember the hair. I remember the hair, and who wins, and it's all terrible. It's a terrible image.
1: But how terrible... well, you just gave it away. How terrible is Sean? Are Sean's tights too?
0: <laughs> yeah. Because re- when he went away, he used to have very, very flamboyant tights, you know, right up until he gave the title to Austin. And then he comes yeah. back, and this is his big Rick Redemption match, and uh-huh. he looks like Plain Jane with a terrible haircut. All right. Uh, uh, give me
2: a time count because uh, Daily Motion just decided I needed a minute and a half long advertisement.
0: Yeah, I got the same thing. Did Where's you get the, did you get the, the hair commercial?
2: 653. The what commercial?
0: Did you get the hair conditioner commercial?
2: Uh, No, I don't know what kind of commercial it was. I didn't pay attention. It was just a bunch of models walking around.
0: Yeah, I'm at six minutes. RVD
2: RVD. rolled into the ring. Yeah, kind
1: of sideways and terribly. Uh, RVD's here. Uh, That leaves so far Booker T, uh, RVD, Kane, Jericho, and, you know, Shawn Michaels, which is... Just an incredibly loaded match
0: so far. And this is
1: back... I know everyone's like, oh, who cares? But this is back when RVD actually used to do spots and try.
0: Yeah, Yeah, this is when RVD used to mean something. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know who's up next? Here comes Triple H. Yeah, the inventor of the Elimination Chamber match. You guys... I'm going to get this fucking story out if it kills me. Um... Did you see in the news today that, that Triple H said that he was the inventor of the Elimination Chamber? That he had sketched out see, what remember, it should look like? I would be I remember, perfectly
2: happy to call him on it because it was clearly it. Eric Bischoff's invention.
0: Eric Bischoff got the well, storyline credit wasn't that for it the, according to Triple H.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it was Bischoff who came up with it on TV. I don't know who really came up with it.
0: That's what he's saying, but well, behind the scenes, uh, Triple H is saying that he's the one that came up with it. That um, his whole thing was that he had sketched out sort of you know like a cage with little cages inside of it for people, you know, and then they would release them, and then they took his concept art and created the elimination chamber. And he was saying in this interview that. You know, this thing was a monstrosity—something that he had never envisioned. He also talked about like, oh, if I people who wrestlers like would envision themselves in the match, saying, "Oh, if I get in there, I'm going to do this spot and that spot," and then you take the bump for the first time on that you know, on that uh, rail out uh, the uh, the grate outside of the ring, and you're like, "Yeah, I'm going to rethink every spot that I plan to take in this." So I'm just now realizing. Yeah. So the why not replace that? Um, Chris Jericho actually has the WWE title that uh, Brock Lesnar had, and then uh, Triple yeah. H has the old Which WWE, WWE title. One
2: point, yeah, the, the belt that Jericho wore was used as their
0: undisputed title, and
2: I guess it just morphed into the WWE Championship.
0: It, well, it did when Brock Lesnar refused to wrestle Triple H, allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, Remind me at some point I have to course. correct the record on everything I've said about Eddie Guerrero, because my because I I keep I keep telling my wife about it and she was like Ian you keep getting the story wrong that's not what I told you, and so I have to uh, I, on a future <laughs> Wrestlecast I will correct the record on uh, Mr. Eddie Guerrero. All right, well there you
1: have it, folks. Travo Guerrero, kid fucker. <laughs> so I. I All right, so Trips is like, and then you take one bump on the metal grating and you decide to, like, change everything about your plants. Uh, just replace the metal grating with something that doesn't hurt as much to, to land on.
0: Well, oh, then the isn't as brutal.
1: Not everything has to hurt. Huh?
0: Everybody hurts, sometimes.
1: Yeah, I know, but I mean, like, it's like, oh, it really hurts. And it's like, okay, well, just, you know, put more padding out there or something. Like, so,
0: I've is anybody watching that, this
1: going, oh, shit, that's metal out there?
0: So this is not a second commercial daily um, motion that's forcing me to watch.
1: I haven't had one
0: commercial yet. I'm watching... Uh,
2: I, I'm not getting a commercial now. I'm getting Rob Van Dam punching Triple H. Oh. No, I, they, I just, they uh, locked up.
0: Triple H pushes Rob Van Dam into the corner, showing, you know, the muscular strength that he's got. Up oh, Rob Van Dam turns him around, and he's throwing punches and kicks. It's, it's like mixed martial arts in there, everybody. Rob Van Dam taking it to Triple H. What a maneuver. All right, I got that out of my system now. All right, good. There we go.
1: <laughs> I'm a little bit ahead of you guys, so I'm going to pause. Let me, when, let me know when Trips gets thrown
0: up against the cage for you. Okay, we will do. Okay. Right now, uh, Rob Van Dam is doing his best Daniel Bryan impression.
2: Jed, what's the time where you are? I'm at 11.24. Okay. I'm going to pause at 11.24 and wait for Mark, and we can all resume this until Daily Motion throws another commercial at us.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, I've got about 20 seconds then. I do, well, actually, Rob Van Dam just dumped Triple H over onto the grate that we were referring to is uh, apparently so hard it will change yep. your mind on things. Um, um, Rob Van Dam certainly put you were talking Triple about H. earlier. Looking at what you were talking about earlier with
2: Triple H claiming that he invented it, apparently Eric Bischoff confirmed that on Twitter. Uh, A fan asked him if there was any truth to what Triple H said, and Bischoff said it's true. It was only his idea in
0: storyline. Okay, I am at 11:26. Loosely
1: translated, that means give me a job.
0: (laughs) All right. Loosely translated, that means (laughs) can I please come back? All right, I'm at 1126. Uh, I'll count us off again. Three, two, one, hit it. Ready? Three, two,
1: one.
0: Rob Man, Van Dam one of uh, swings and puts Triple H back into the chains again, doing it up, because we got a third, second huh. or third time there, and we've already broken the door. What a sturdy contraption this is. Go ahead, Gavin.
2: I think one of, I think one of the things that really made this – work and what really added to the appeal of it is I know Vince is loath to give WCW any credit whatsoever but more than having this chain link contraption with plexiglass pods scattered around everything there's an unnecessary backflip from Rob um, but <laughs> more than the appearance of it I think what made this work was the War Games aspect of it with the timed release of various wrestlers. And we've got some color from, from Triple H. That's not PG. Um, but the the idea that you know, you're going to have random insertions of wrestlers into this match, uh, much like War Games did, and it would give you the opportunity to build the psychology of the match where you know, It's going to allow for double teams when there's two heels in one face, et cetera, et cetera. I really think that that was more of the recipe for success here than anything else. Because if you have this contraption and you just put six guys in there and it's an elimination-style match, then it seems like a lot of money spent for nothing really all that important.
0: Well, I'll go you one better. I agree with this one, Mr. Than- Jericho. This this was a missed opportunity by, by the WWE to redefine what the Survivor Series was, because for years it had been the oh Chris Jericho's hanging on the RVD pulling him into the deep. Um, it, for years it had been the you know the five on five or the four on four uh, elimination style matches, and I think it was around this time that they tried to get away from that, and you know the traditional Survivor Series match was more of a treat than it was the defining aspect of the pay per view. I think they missed an opportunity here to make the Survivor Series the home of the Elimination Chamber. This would be the new Survivor Series marquee match. And in a sense, they did do that by giving it its own pay-per-view. But I wish they had just left the, uh, the Elimination Chamber as the Survivor Series match. You know, A yearly Elimination Chamber at the Survivor Series, I think it would have been a nice fit.
1: Well, there was only one problem with that. Uh, the roster at this point was so incredibly deep that they needed Survivor Series matches, you know. They needed to dump the roster out. They needed to dump eight guys out at a time in matches like this just because of, I mean, William Regal was towards the bottom of the mid-card at this point, you
0: know. I see what you're saying. Well... Um, Though, I mean, I don't see why you couldn't have loaded it up with traditional matches and this be sort of the king of them all. Go ahead, Gavin. What they ended up doing
2: was rushing it out. They couldn't wait for another uh, Survivor Series to roll around, so they trotted the next one out at SummerSlam. So you had a little less than a year before they used this again. Uh, And then they would go almost a year and a half and trot it out for... New Year's Revolution 2005, which was sort of an odd choice because January is typically the home of the Royal Rumble, and they crammed two pay-per-views with two huge gimmick matches into that year. And it seemed like it was going to be a January thing because that's where they kept it the next year. It ended up uh, on the ill-fated December to dismember pay-per-view in 2006 for the ECW Championship, featuring Big Show versus Bobby Lashley versus Hardcore Holly versus CM Punk versus Test versus Rob Van Dam. Uh, every year since then, they've they've kept it into a nice groove where they throw it out every February. Uh, originally, it's a No Way Out pay per view, which gets uh, renamed in Germany for obvious reasons, uh, and then the Elimination Chamber was what the pay per view was renamed in America in. 2010. So it's now their traditional February gimmick pay-per-view.
0: Yes, it is. And we've got our first entrant from the pod. Chris Jericho is in the match. He's paired off with RVD there for a little bit. RVD's going high. And we have our first leap onto the chain link fence. Turns around and it's a splash to the outside on the one Chris Jericho. I would like to know who was responsible, if
2: if not Pat Patterson, I would like to know who was responsible for putting these matches together backstage.
0: Interesting question. Who knows? Well, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, all of these guys can, can you know, ring general a match pretty much. Um, I would imagine they all had sort of an input and sort of got together and figured out, you know, because, I mean, you know, for the first couple of minutes, it was just Rob Van Dam having a match with Triple H. Now, you, now you've now got a Triple Threat match, and I'm sure that's kind of how it was approached. It was, you know, let the participants of each section of the match kind of work out their own business. And I'm sure some of the stuff was called in the ring.
1: Well, and yeah, I mean, you got... Beyond that. Go ahead, Jet. Well, I'm saying you have, you have Trips, you have Sean... You have Jericho, you have Kane, and you have Booker T. The le- the least experienced, like you know, main event guy there is Rob Van Dam. You could you could almost come close to probably calling this in the ring with those guys, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: it would be interesting, like who who wrote down the spots and shit like that. But I'd say I'd say back then well, the way this was done. This was probably straight Patterson, right?
2: Most likely,
1: but more what I was thinking about was.
0: Uh, who's
2: making sure that Kane's not out there for 40 minutes? Uh, who who makes the decision that that Michaels is going to be the the hot entrant, similar to a hot tag, uh, whenever he comes in? Yeah, it, 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 does he clear out three guys, four guys, all five guys? Because I don't remember how this match plays out. I remember who wins, but I don't remember how the match plays out, and I don't remember you know who gets which entry. But, like you said, it's devolved into a triple threat match and sort of like that War Games 2-on-1 spot right now where you've got uh, Jericho and Triple H teaming up against Rob Van Dam, which is interesting given the history between Jericho
0: and Triple H. <laughs> I think Jericho knows where his bread is buttered, and that's why he's teaming up with Triple H. He was like, oh, no, I was there at WrestleMania 18. You're not going to get me again, not this little black duck. Ah, I'm Triple H's best buddy now. Speaking of which, what belt is has this there for? ever been? What? What belt is this even for? Was this just for the uh, W, the World Heavyweight Championship, or was it for both belts, or what? It was for the World Heavyweight
2: Championship. It's for Triple H's belt.
0: Why is Jericho even in this match then? Uh, maybe he I wanted mean, to do I mean, well, this was part of the brand. This was at the height, I think, of the brand extension. So I'm curious as to why the the SmackDown guy was even in this match in the first place. But whatever. That's sort of a moot point right now.
2: I thought, I thought the world champions had freedom to move back and forth. I'll be honest. I
0: don't remember a lot about the brand split
2: because I always assumed it would end much sooner than it did.
0: Um, well, here's I a, after here's a what a while, I remember. When, when you had Brock Lesnar as the, the unified champion, the way that it was supposed to work was, you know, you would wrestle one guy, one guy from Raw, and then you'd wrestle a guy from SmackDown, and you'd go back to Raw again, and you were supposed to alternate. So after Brock Lesnar's feud, I think, with The Undertaker, um, he was or I may have this reversed, but after he, was fighting, after he fought somebody on SmackDown, he was supposed to come over to Raw and fight Triple H, and he didn't want to do it. He was like, nope, I'm staying on SmackDown. Go fuck yourself. So they said, okay, um, at which point Eric Bischoff gave Triple H the World Heavyweight Championship, and then now you had two belts. I have,
2: I have two questions about the guys that are in the ring right now. The first, as regards to Triple H, has, it ever, has there ever been anyone in wrestling that it's more obvious when they're cycling on and cycling off of steroids than Triple
0: H?
1: Oh, and he doesn't even hide it.
0: No, His like he will go acne. from
1: having, yeah, he'll go
2: from having back knee and bloated and ripped musculature at the same time to literally having a muffin top.
0: <laughs> and here's, Muffin yeah, top the, is uh, all that, all that. I say that as as we'll have T. Have a vid- we'll, have
2: an, we'll be back to my video in 30 seconds. We'll be back to my video in 15 seconds, in one second, and in 27 seconds.
0: So <laughs> yeah, exciting. I've given up on the stupid commercials. Oh, monkey flip of Rob Van Dam over Booker T. Booker T with the big leg across Rob Van Dam's chin, and he's out. This is reminding me of like a uh, Royal Rumble where you just kind of look around, and everyone else is laid out, taking naps. Booker T is right. Dude, Rob Van Dam has not had a minute rest in this entire match. Literally, like, like he, he started off with Triple H, then Chris Jericho and Triple H were, were working him over, then Booker T jumps in, and now those two are having a match against each other, while Triple H and Chris Jericho take a siesta.
1: Are you guys at 21 minutes? Yes. I'm at 22, so okay. I'll slow
0: down. You must have ad blocker on, which is why you're not getting the commercials. I have I, have ad- ad- I don't know, I don't know why you guys
1: don't. Um. So.
0: Because I believe in the RVD, free market. Yeah, well,
1: that's that's your big mistake. But RVD <laughs> just seems out of place in this match. I guess is does anybody like. Did anybody think he would have a chance of winning this match back then? I don't think so, right? I mean, other than me, because I was an idiot. Well,
2: for a long, long time, Rob Van Dam was arguably in in the Daniel Bryan spot where he was the most over guy on the roster that couldn't break through to the championship. And much like Daniel Bryan now, people kept expecting it to happen. I think really the one guy that's in this match that you should have never expected to win is Booker T. And that's because people like Booker T don't win world
1: championships. What do you mean by people like oh yeah, that's right. Former WCW wrestlers, that's what I mean,
2: Chad. Oh, okay. That's what that's what Triple H meant. Just asking. Yeah. So Rob I've been going to the top
1: match. of the booth. Yeah, um, let's see if he jumps any the, higher uh, than he needs to, <laughs> or if he just falls. You know? Yeah, that's a fall. His legs hit. That's just mail it in, Rob. <laughs>
0: yeah, he,
1: that, he didn't jump at all. He just kind of fell of effort. off of it. Yeah. No, and he did the. He, his both his legs hit the ground before he even fucking did the splash. That was fucking. That was it'll be three out of ten.
0: Missile dropkick from Booker T. Rob Van Dam is dead. Well, the other, yep, I said I had two questions, and I asked about Triple H. The other
2: question is, to, to what do we owe the incredible durability of Rob Van Dam? Because if you remember, when he got to WWE, there were always a lot of complaints about from other guys, about how stiff he worked and how hard it was to have a match with him and because he was just constantly beating people up in the ring. And for his part, really, the worst injuries that I can remember Rob Van Dam ever having are when he got his eyelids split in a tables match in ECW, which is a freak incident that there's absolutely no control over, and the jet ski accident that again it's a freak thing. There's no way to predict that's going to happen. Where he broke his heel, and I, I don't know that Rob has ever had an in ring injury.
0: Well, I have an answer for you. Wait,
1: when was the when did that jet ski accident happen?
2: That was what ended his ECW television title reign.
1: Motherfucker! I didn't even know. I thought he actually—I thought he hurt himself on a baseball slide. Was, no, that it was, like it the, was a uh, that was the. That, but I know, but the work angle was that he hurt himself doing a baseball slide or something.
2: Yeah, yeah, but legitimately, it was a jet ski. Oh. Well, I'm and thinking. I, I have another ad
1: oh no he way too. no remember when he missed a one- he missed a one night in uh e c w because he was hurt no one of the one night
2: stands he missed I, uh, I don't remember it but I, i'm
1: not saying mm-hmm. you're
2: wrong I'm just saying i don't remember it but there's because
1: if you're he, talking he, about the uh yeah
2: he are you talking about the uh w w e versions of one night stand
1: yeah, yeah, the WWE version. He yeah, came out I, with crutches.
0: There was only two of What do you mean he missed one? There was two. One of them, he won the title.
1: Well, guess what happened at the other one?
2: <laughs> um, Everybody <laughs> hit pause real quick and give me an idea of where you are on time because I just got another commercial. I don't know where anything is right now.
0: Okay. Well, first of all, Kane's in the ring and he's clearing house, and I'm at 25 minutes and 40 seconds.
2: Okay. I'm gonna yeah, go, right. okay. go to twenty six
0: and I've got
2: it at twenty five fifty six. You guys let me know when to hit
0: play. Okay. Got uh Kane throwing Chris Jericho over the top rope. Following him outside to the grate. Oh, uh, we're about business is about to pick up, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. He picks him yeah, up there goes. body slam. Press slam, boom. Right into the chains and Chris Jericho melts. Down to the ground. We're at 26 minutes uh, on the dot. Oh, Jesus Christ! We have our first broken pod of the night, ladies and gentlemen. Kane has thrown Chris Jericho into the pod. They really did. They really they they, they left nothing out of this match. They did just about everything they could with the chamber.
2: Yeah, and that would sort of become one of their contrived spots as you went from year to year is who's going to break the glass who's going to go through the glass and uh, didn't Goldberg cut his arm up pretty badly on the glass in one of these I know he has a long history of injuring himself when (laughs) punching through things but didn't didn't he do it again in one of these
0: I don't don't remember that um I I remember no he did that to a limo but I do remember there was the one. There was the one elimination Shiver where somebody was hiding in their pod and refused to come out. That was also Jericho. Um, that was Derek, Okay. Um, okay. So to that answer was your question, Jericho why he was in the middle of his
2: greatest heel ever run.
0: Gotcha. Uh, to answer your question as to why Rob Van Dam is durable, my 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 answer to you is simply, and I will explain it if you wish me to. Uh, my answer is naked Midian. Well,
2: I believe that warrants an explanation.
0: Absolutely. There's a beautiful line uh, salt. Million, um otherwise known as uh, Phineas O. Godwin, made the point of saying that guys like Billy Gunn and all these, you know, shredded individuals in the WWE tend to injure themselves more often. Um you know, And his rationale was it's because they're so ripped and so shredded that their bodies have absolutely no give. So, you know, you tweak them any which way and stuff starts to tear. Whereas he had enough fat on his body, not a tremendous amount, but enough where his body was more durable, it could take a a higher impact. Um, There was more, you know, padding there to protect the bones and muscles. So he got injured less. And if you look at Rob Van Damme, he wasn't the most muscular of guys. He wasn't shredded. He wasn't ripped. He had, I wouldn't say a gymnast body, but he, you know, but the closest thing you're going to find in wrestling um, to, to, to a gymnast. So, you know, if you look at some of the stuff that he did, it was always a lot of stretching and a lot of, you know, yoga-type stuff. And that, was probably, and that probably lent itself to him being injured a lot less often than, say, you know, your belly guns or Triple H's, you know, as they walk across the ring and tear quads and such. Fair enough.
2: We're uh, we're getting ready to come up on one of my absolute pet peeves of these matches. When, when there's one person peeves, left, Kevin. when one when there's one person left, why do they turn off the lights and send the light <laughs> blinking around like we don't know where it's going to stop? Just go ahead and open the pod. The mystery is no. gone at this point. You
1: have Wait a no idea. Thor Birch was sick when she filmed American Beauty.
2: That doesn't seem right.
1: Are <laughs> yeah, like her parents? Signed, no, her parents signed a waiver so she could be be naked in the. What is that about? Uh, Anyways, yeah, uh, Chris
0: Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> And we've lost dead to pornography. Um,
1: no, no, so I'm wait. watching, but I just, I just saw that out of the corner, Matt. All right, so here's the thing. Have you ever... I don't know if the Elimination Chambers... I can't think of another one of these, but holy shit, are they taking fucking breaks in this? And we... Yeah. I mean, it's, we're 26 minutes into a match where not everybody has been working the entire time.
0: And Triple disappeared for a lot of this match. Have you noticed that Triple H spends a lot of it just kind of like holding on to things? Like he gets up, kicks somebody, and then he'll take b bu- he'll take another bump and then he's down for like another five minutes.
2: In fairness, I guess because you gotta remember, these guys are all main of entrance, but none of these guys are spring chickens at
0: this point either. And I would like to point out I would like to point out they did not turn off the lights for Shawn Michaels, so there.
2: Okay. They just That's something the that box. they've added. Yeah. That's something that they've added later in the other elimination
0: chambers that they need to go
2: back and watch the first one and realize, hey, we got this right. Um
0: <laughs>
2: Yeah, those types are atrocious. Good lord. Um <laughs> but you yeah, know, if you watch a, a an hour long match between two guys, you take for example Flair and Steamboat or Flair and Windham or even Flair and Sting, it doesn't to the naked, untrained eye look like they're taking a lot of breaks. But you have to understand that in a one-on-one match like that, every headlock is a break. Every chin lock is a break. Every toss to the outside where the referee counts to eight, gets the count broken, counts to eight, and the guy comes back in. Those are all, you know, little 30-second breathers that they can catch here and there. I don't know that if anybody's watching an elimination chamber – that they're gonna be okay with seeing a headlock. And so the the rest the rest yeah. breaks in these
0: matches are,
2: are not disguised nearly as well.
0: No, but then there's a, this is a very frenetic match. There's a lot going on here. It's like a battle royal or, you know, Royal Rumble or something like that where the guy can fall out of frame and take a break because the action is Super somewhere true. else. And so you know, it's uh, there's a lot of misdirection going on here. So you know, Kane and Chris Jericho, for example, can work the left side of the ring, while, tr- while Triple H takes and cat- kicks catnap on the right side. And who's going to notice? Because everyone's focused on Kane and uh, Jericho. <coughs> Speaking of Kane, all right, uh, 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 he-, he goes to the Tombstone, yeah. and yep, super kick from Shawn Michaels and his atrocious fans. And everybody yeah, is taking and- a nap.
2: Yeah, Kane into just, the
0: pedigree
1: just
2: ate into a lion's salt. He just ate three finishers in a row for his elimination. Oh, <laughs> well, he uh, has the big know, red
0: machine.
2: For, well, I was saying that's perfect for Kane and his character throughout history because it keeps him strong. He he doesn't go out to a super kicker to a pedigree. He takes finishers from three of the top guys in the in the company, and goes about his business.
1: So, Sean just believed. So
0: So, we're down to Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and Chris Jericho. Two of the three men in the ring have belts. Makes sense. You know, this was back when champions actually won matches, which is good. Uh, It was a nice trend back then. Oh, uh, Chris Jericho just clotheslined Shawn Michaels over the top rope. Did not do the old skin the cat thing, but the Royal Rumble gag. Chris Jericho walking around like he's John. Say what?
1: You're you're way behind me. Let me go back here. Because if you watch, when Jericho throws Sean into the, uh, the ring, uh, well, not the ring, the fucking whatever the big chain thing is, Sean just obviously blades on the way down to the ground.
2: I'm paused at 34 minutes. Somebody just give me a cue on when they hit play. Um, okay. Sean was one of historically worst at hiding his blade jobs. Like, any time he was getting ready to take a slingshot spot or something like that, it was just blatant. He, uh,
1: he he never hit
0: it very well. Go ahead and unpause. I'm at 34 and pause, too. Oh,
1: yep.
0: Okay, I'm gone. I'm rolling yeah, Sean, again I,
1: but you know what? The, I don't.
2: the beautiful crimson mask of Triple H. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't deduct points for not being able to hide the fact you're blading, you know? Just as I... Uh, and now Jericho's opening them up. Uh, just as long as you make an effort, I mean that's all I really can ask for. But
0: I don't even I mean, care. You don't. I mean, not
1: everybody has to be. Yeah, not everybody has to be Abdul the butcher about the fucking thing.
2: <laughs> well, and
1: in fairness, in fairness to the guys
2: in this generation, you know, Abdul didn't have a television camera six inches from his face when he was doing it either. At some point, you need to explain to the cameraman, huh. "Hey." Is, at this point, these guys are going to get color. Could you maybe not zoom in on their left hand and their forehead?
0: <laughs> well, what we see here is Sean Michaels taking a small razor and running it across his forehead. And Dusty Roach proceeds to unzip his forehead. Dude, seriously? <laughs> Every 10 seconds I get a commercial. Yeah, I, I, I think... I switched like- it over
2: to Firefox. I closed down Google Chrome, switched it over to Firefox, and I've not had a commercial since.
0: Ah. Okay, well, I'm lazy and not going to do that. Um, <sighs>
2: again, we're we're back into the triple threat mentality here where Triple H and Jericho have formed this sort of working partnership throughout the match. I can only imagine how that's going to end for one of these parties. Um, but they're working over HBK at this point.
0: And, uh, and I what a, again? And, this, and what a story they're going to tell here, you know? Shawn Michael is now awfulness. put in the position of being the of being the resilient baby face. The the
2: sheer awfulness of Shawn Michael's appearance at this point in history, <laughs> like the the Dutch the Dutch boy haircut,
0: and these it's the very bland, on tight
2: with with again, fake this cowboy
0: the, boot. This is the worst he's ever looked without being on a a, a severe amount of drugs. It's like he cleaned up. I would argue that he looked worse here than he did on drugs. That's my point. Like, if you look at, look, he had a broken back going into WrestleMania 14. He was on drugs and he was a raging asshole. And he looks 100% better at WrestleMania 14 than he does here. I just I, and this was supposed to be like his big like rehabilitation match, you know. This was the this was the big. I mean, this is what what Jed was crying about last week when we talked about the list. It's like, well, what about this version of Sean? Well, clearly, it doesn't count for anything because he has a stupid haircut. Well,
1: 2008 yeah. Sean. is my yeah. It definitely got better here. Yeah. But, yeah, when Sean first came back, because Sean was my favorite, when Sean first came back, after a little bit, I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to go with Triple H because Sean's pretty bad. <laughs> but, you know, he improved.
2: Well, even but the ring, work, still ring work was as good as ever. The, the ring work itself was as good as ever. He, just, he looks like he's about 10 pounds underweight for, to, for his wrestling weight. He has a stupid haircut, and he's wearing terrible pants with even worse boots. He doesn't look like the heartbreak kid. He looks
0: like Dennis Stamp. I was going to say, it looks like, you know, when they get a celebrity to come wrestle in a match and the celebrity doesn't have, like, ring tights or anything or, you know, anything like that. It's Like, you know, Drew Carey has to wear a track suit to wrestle. That's what Shawn Michaels kind of reminds me of. It was like, I'm a celebrity and I'm being put in this match as a gimmick. And so this is just something I pulled out of my closet to wear because I don't know what else to wear in a wrestling match. He's three months
2: into his comeback at this point, though, because his big comeback was at uh, SummerSlam this year when he had the no-holds-barred match against Triple H.
0: Which was a he good wore match. Was a yeah, very that good was a match. yeah, that was at Nassau Coliseum where The Rock dropped the, um, the title to uh, Brock Lesnar, and I was there for that. And that was uh, Shawn Michaels came back and he wore jeans to fight Triple H, so that was a fun match. And I believe that was also um, what table sliders and chairs too? Uh, could have been, yeah. That was a fun pay per view. I got good memories of that one. A lot of a lot of fun memories from that pay per view.
2: Oh oh here it is. Here's the dissension. Here's Jericho and Triple H having a falling out. Jericho shoves Triple H and there's and now we've come to blows. And it's oh, amazing God. looking at this how much bigger Jericho was at this point than he is now.
0: But oh, I am
2: yeah. going to say he's he's a he's got a good 25 pounds of muscle on him compared to when he shows up now at the very least.
0: But I don't think he looks good here. I think he looks kind of fat and out of shape. You know, like okay, fine. He's, do you he's think, got do you muscle think on though, him.
2: that's because do you think that's, though, because we've gotten used to seeing him show up at 190 pounds with a six-pack and looking very lean? Because in 2002, he didn't look out of place at all here. He fit right in.
0: No, and I'm not necessarily and debating uh, that point either. I would it, It's more of, you know, I'm looking at him, and I'm not taking anything else into consideration, and I think he looks too bulky. I think he, lo- I think he has too much weight on him for his frame. Um, Almost to the point Uh, where, yes, it it looks silly, but it all—but he does look like everybody else around him.
2: Yeah, and uh, this is uh, this match is an excellent example of how well the wellness policy has worked. Because none of these guys, with the exception of Triple H, looks this way now. I mean, even Kane, has a different look to his body. There's the chin music out of nowhere. Oh, Kane was enormous. Yeah, Kane was huge at this point. Um, We're down to two. We're down to a very bloody Shawn Michaels
0: and a somewhat bloody Triple H. Uh, Nobody puts you over like you, buddy.
2: Well, they're certainly not going to go to the trouble of putting other people over.
0: Now, why would you do that? Shawn Michaels doing uh, the dance of the drunken monk Ah, we've got always uh, We're going punch for punch here Triple en- H and Shawn Michaels.
2: And and one of I think one of Triple H's most underrated moves, spinebuster Buster la Arn Anderson. Um but I always enjoyed those drunken leg brawls where they sort of teeter tottered around and threw punches. And it always
0: uh brought back memories of Terry Funk and his heyday. Well, I tell you, now that I'm watching this and, and I think this is actually going pretty well, my genius idea that I had, um, I, I think uh, if we do this again and just sort of pick a match to do, I, I would love to do a live commentary over Hogan versus Shawn Michaels just, just to try to describe the kind of bumps that he was the selling and the bumps that he was taking for Hulk Hogan. I know of, a lot
2: of people... One of, i say one of the favorite things that I have acquired completely legally through recording devices of my own directly from the television and never used for public viewing or sharing or anything of that nature is a complete documentation of the Shawn Michaels-Hulk Hogan feud that started with Hogan's return where he saved Shawn Michaels from uh, Muhammad Hassan and Davari and runs all the way through their match at... Uh, whichever pay-per-view it was that you just mentioned know. where it was a slam where Sean is just a maniac. And the glass is broken again. For unbreakable <laughs> bulletproof plexiglass, it seems to crumble beneath the weight of 200-pound men fairly easily.
0: Yes, yeah, this was this was put together by union workers. Uh
2: Maybe maybe it's not bulletproof on one side. Maybe it's bulletproof on one side and sponge sugar on the other.
0: <laughs> it's gimmick glass. It's gimmick glass. Did we lose Judge to pornography again? No, I'm watching this and
1: just looking at Sean it's and I can't help but notice guys, the the time for resting happened already. Like, can we get to the finish of this <laughs> fucking match now? Like, I, well, look, I love Sean, and I, lo- I I like Trips. I, you know, I'm not one of those guys who always likes to bury Trips or you know make jokes about Trips. But it's just like guys, we you've rested, Trips. You have, I mean, Trips has abused the fucking time on the ground in this match. But well,
0: let me allow me to be the devil's advocate here, and and, I'll, and we'll have. Gavin sort of weigh in here as the operator of uh, me and you, as usual. Um, maybe it's not so much resting, as it is trying to sell the brutality of the match. I mean, you know, it really goes back to trying to make fake fighting look real. And it doesn't look very real, as many people have pointed out, is if you've thrown people through glass, you smashed them into chains, you've slammed them into everything that you can find, you've beat the living hell out of each other, and then they pop up, a la John Cena, like you've done nothing. It kind of takes the steam out of it. So I wouldn't necessarily say that they're resting, as it is they're trying to tell you a story of how brutal and unmerciful they've been to one another, you know. And if they just pop up and, and jump around and do nothing, then you're not gonna buy that it's as brutal as they want you to be, as, as they want you to think it is. Well, I. I... I don't think they should just immediately pop up, but it's getting to the point where. And by the
1: way, Triple H is the size of a house. You can't say that he's not blown up or uh, you know six times so far in this match. But I, it, it's like guys, the you know this match is now uh, forty-five minutes old. Who in the audience wants more of this? Because this is a fucking shit show. None of them can see. You know, at, at any point, you know. Eighty percent of the audience can't see you. I understand, like this is a spectacle and shit like that, but no, like trips, trips when he's down on the ground, when it's just him and Sean left after he threw Sean through a wall. That's just that's just sucking air. And here well, comes the, I, uh, I was gonna say it's a, it's a a little of
2: column A, it's a, it's a little column A, and it's a little of column B. I, I think Mark is onto something with the idea that they're trying to sell, even if it's not the brutality of the match as much as the brutality of the spots. You know, Sean just got chucked through what we were told was unbreakable glass, and he's laying there a bloody mess. And they want to give the camera time to zoom in on that, show him crumpled and twitching amidst the wreckage. Um, And at the same time, I'm sure that they're probably taking some liberties to suck some extra oxygen into their lungs while that's happening. And they're probably stretching it out a few extra seconds every time it happens. Now I will say it right at the 45 minute mark when they're in the, in the middle of the ring, slugging it out, trading punches, you got two of the better workers in company history, just slugging it out. Nothing fancy punch for punch. And the crowd is involved they're They're actively engaged in the match. And there's Sean with his big spot with an elbow drop off the top of the pod. Uh, but you know, I, I think it's a little column A and a little we'll column B there. And you see these guys as the match gets ready to go home. They start to pick up the pace a little bit. Sean does his elbow drop. They're getting what's probably going to be their last breather of this match before they they hit the home sequence.
1: By the, the entire time we've been having this conversation, Triple H has been on the ground.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's lulling Sean into a hole yeah. of Alright, I, I am watching Sean tune up the band. Is that where we are collectively? Yeah, he's, he's uh, staggering
2: around with his stupid haircut, starting to slap his legs. Yeah. Now. Yep. There we
0: go. There we go. And uh, no, he catches the... Oh, he's reversal. He's going for the pedigree. Boom shakalaka. Why did Sean take that on his shoulder? Most guys just kind of turn their head and you know, understand that they're going to go face and chest down first. He turns, like, vertical and takes it on his shoulder. It seems a little pussed to me. I think he just
1: doesn't know how to take that bump at this time. I, you, I mean, if you Google, you know, I'm sure you can find Sean taking the bump correctly, right?
0: I have shirts around here somewhere. But. A little but, but Dude, then again, WrestleMania probably 12, can't... 12 ...took that shit on his nose and jumped back up again.
2: Uh, he was jacked out of his mind on adrenaline and the power of the Warriors. Uh, but you can't find video of Rick Flair taking a bump, bump properly over the last 40 years because he's taken everything on his hip. So, <laughs> uh, some guy's... And when you get to be a Ric Flair or a Shawn Michaels, you can take the bumps however you want. doesn't matter. All I can, you know, I'm always going to cry.
0: There we so go. Here we go. Shawn Michaels hit the sweet chin music, and blammo! We've got it. We've got a new world heavyweight champion, the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, as Jed has pointed out, is taking a nap. Mm-hmm. Oh, We've him got on out of out. We've shirt. got to <laughs> win. And here's where they dropped the blue confetti. You know, it it took them them
2: three whole months of delayed gratification here before they put a belt of some form on Shawn Michaels after his triumphant comeback. Uh, But uh, I don't think anybody was unhappy to see Shawn at the top of the card at this point.
0: I think people were happy to see that Shawn Michaels hadn't died. Yeah, I, I think most of us expected an overdose by this point. Oh, okay. come on. How um, dare you. I don't, I don't think there's anything left to say about this, so I'm going to stop my video. All right, folks, so that Sean's was hair. the... So there's, there's a little bit more to talk about
1: Sean's hair was. <laughs> that's a whole, that's a whole <laughs> other podcast.
0: How it uh, managed
2: oh. to get worn throughout the match.
0: Sean's goofy fucking hair. Um, all right, let's just kind of go around the the table here. I'm going to assume the leadership position like I do. Um, so, Jed, I'm going to go to, over to you first. Now, you've been kvetching for the last 10, 20 minutes now about how everyone, you know, this is, this is like a, uh, a Mexican work affair. Everyone's taking a siesta. It's a little racist. Um, but, I mean, overall, what did you think of the very first Elimination Chamber match? I thought it was... It was okay, you can see the, the matches
1: have progressed and got better since then They've got, you know, guys in better shape and stuff like that You know, the the cardio of wrestlers today is a lot better than back then But it just kind of was weird that it was always a, it, Like at no point other than the beginning on Rod Van Dam Was it a two-on-one or a, or a two-on-two or anything like that It was always just a series of one-on-one while four guys sucked
0: wind so, you for you that kind of takes it. They didn't that didn't tell you the match was brutal and these guys are giving it all they got. This was telling you we had a bunch of lazy bum who paid cardio in the, in the ring. I just think I just think they
1: didn't know how to really handle a match, you know, like that. And then through the years over time, they've really figured the shit out.
0: Okay, Gavin, your thoughts on the elimination chamber.
2: Largely the same. At the time, I remember watching this and being impressed with the spectacle and, and with the idea that a new, significant gimmick match had been introduced. Because as a wrestling fan, you always like seeing them push the envelope and come up with something new. Same with uh, when the Royal Rumble debuted. Same with when TLC debuted. Not so much the same when WCW did a 60-man battle royal and called it World War III. Um But you know, by and large... Uh, You like seeing new gimmick matches. And and I think the spectacle of it maybe made it seem better than it was at the time. But certainly they've learned how to work the match, how to pace the match better. Uh, Maybe we don't need an additional 35 minutes of wrestling after everybody's come out of their pod. Um, And so they've learned not to overdo it. And I think by and large they're, they're better now than this one was but this one's worth going back and watching from time to time just for the names involved with it.
0: Uh, I think for my part, I do remember watching it initially um, the first time around, and I thought it was a fun match. I'm with you. I I was definitely taken in by the spectacle of the whole thing, the idea of something new in wrestling. The the design of the cage was interesting. It was all black with black ring ropes. Um, They had the grates outside chain links. It was something we hadn't really... It was a derivative of a cage, something we hadn't seen before. The pods were an interesting thing. And um, I was anxious to see how the wrestlers would play with it and uh, you know, use it, um, do different things with it. And certainly they did. They all... None of them acted as if they weren't in there. You know, they all they all reacted to being in this thing. They would grab the chains, they would do stuff with it, and that's really all I can ask. Um, I'm kind of with Jed. There's a lot of laying around, but I almost think that's Triple H's main event style. You know, it's do something, spend the next 10 minutes, you know, uh, gasping for air. (laughs) Because I've noticed that people complain a lot about his some of his Wrestlemania matches and they they make a lot of the same complaints so that might have dragged down the quality of this one Um, I'm with you guys they get better over the time but this was a good start this was by no means a bad match it's just one of those where it was was a good starting point and a place for others to pick up the ball and run with it and I think that's where we're going to call it a night gentlemen Um, Gavin any uh, any last words here you want to take us out
2: uh, go over to com. Check out all the stuff we got on the site, audio and written content. Uh, you can go over to iTunes, greatest 5 stars, subscribe. We're also on Stitcher now. If you use that, we have an RSS feed as well, which will allow you to access our content. Uh, go over and listen to the Rattletchim Broadcasting Network on Blog Talk Radio, all of the lovely and wonderful and entertaining shows that are taking place there from the final editions of The Right Hook to Long Road to Ruin, to From the Cheap Seats with Chase, with Jason Teasley. Uh, between the two of us, there should always be something for you to listen to, uh, whether it's on your drive home, at work, killing time around the house, whatever the case may be. You can find us on Twitter at The Casual Heroes, on Facebook.com slash Casual Heroes, and on Instagram at The Casual Heroes. We, we don't get real creative with those things. Uh, once we sign off here, we're going to see if we can raise Chris from the dead and start a wrestle cast to preview the Elimination Chamber 2014 edition properly. So hopefully if you enjoyed this, or even if you didn't, you'll tune into that and enjoy it even more and keep coming back. We can be your drug of choice if you'll let us. We'll be happy to drag you into a world of audio addiction. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.